right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the overlap on a very special edition of today's pod. And I'm once again, as always, joined by Rian. But um, we're mixing it up today. We uh, have another special guest that we've had on the pod before, and his name is Jay. Jay Regum is back on the pod with us, talking a little Arsenal, talking a little Man U. Of course, those two teams play tomorrow. So um, first off, Jay, welcome back. Um, how you doing? I know you've been busy with some work, um, but uh, are you alive? Yeah, doing uh, doing great, man. Glad to be back. Well, definitely a little tired, but uh, hey, this is a, this is a nice pick me up. Yeah, had, had, had a, Jay had a bit of a long night, um, so we've heard. Uh, he uh, texted us last night, somewhat gibberish, but seems like he's made it through. Ah, did, yeah. did I remember sending that text? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you don't because um, I think you assumed the pod was going to take seven hours to record, and I can confidently tell you it will not be a seven hour podcast. So, um, yeah, well, I'm glad you're all right. Um, so we are here talking a little United Arsenal, and um, we obviously wanted your perspective on the game tomorrow. So, Rian, let me know because I haven't really kept up with these two teams in the last couple of years and and their fixtures the last couple of years, but. I, I don't know. I feel like back in the day, there was a lot of history between the two sides from, you know, the Arsenal side that uh, went, uh, what, what's it called, did not lose a game all season in that sort of time period. Um, uh, but the Invincibles. Both of those teams have kind of been in, yes, the Invincibles. Thank you. Jeez. Um, but I don't know. I feel like both of these teams have kind of fallen off in the last couple of years and, and had to rebuild from almost the bottom up in a way and kind of lost their identity i don't know like what do, what do you think of that like am i going crazy thinking that no i i don't think that's crazy i mean this really used to be um the greatest the biggest rivalry in england like you had from 96 from 1996 2004 these are the only two teams that were winning premier league titles year after year um and they were always pretty much first and second every season too and you know obviously since that invincible season a lot has changed. You have Chelsea coming in with you know a lot more money. You have the Man Cities coming in with a lot more money, and you know the, it's more crowded at the top there. And I guess these two teams have been um, have been really part of the unintended consequences, I guess, of the of the money that's come into the Premier League. You know, neither team has won the league since 2013. If United winning it in Sir Alex Ferguson's last season and pretty much the last time that United were relevant in the title race. Um, and <laughs> and uh, then you have Arsenal winning their last uh, Premier League in 2005. Um, you know, obviously they had... Um, we have had several, several FA Cups in the past. <laughs> of course, of course. Who could who could forget the magic of the FA Cup? They've been Arsenal have been a very magical team in the last decade. Um, but yeah, you know, but you know, like the main point is that they're not regularly one of the two best teams in the league anymore. You know, um, again, since Alex Ferguson retired, each team has finished in the top two just once. You have Arsenal um, making it into second on that last day in uh, in the season that Leicester won, where uh, basically Tottenham somehow came third in a uh, two horse race, and then yeah, <laughs> and then. <laughs> and then you have United finish, finish second in uh, in Pep's second season, the the 100 point season for City. But they finished second. They were like they were what 15, 17 points off, and and that team was actually quite just bad. And somehow and somehow finished second. And you know Mourinho himself will say that was like his greatest ever accomplishment, finishing second with that team, which looks more and more plausible um every day that passes with manchester united yeah <laughs> seriously <laughs> but um just overall neither of these teams have finished within 10 points of the league of the league champion since uh alex ferguson's retirement so you know this the great question is like when's the last time this fixture mattered in terms of like the title race it's mattered in terms of like top four stuff um and obviously, like in your just making into Europe and you know all that kind of stuff, but um, it's been a long time since since a game between these two have mattered in terms of uh, champions, like uh, the connotations in terms of the championship. So I, I don't, I don't know, Jay. What are, what are your feelings? What are your emotions going into 
uh, Manchester United game now compared to you know like the other top six teams? I don't know. I mean, I'm always I'm always excited for every Arsenal game, man. I don't know. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm not scared. Like Man, man U is like I don't know. They've definitely struggled in the past several years, and they've been struggling, especially this season. Um, like I don't even really view them as that strong of a competitor at this point. So I don't know. I'm going in with a with a win in the back of my mind. Of course, mm, that doesn't seem dangerous at all. <laughs> no, that, I mean, I think that's <laughs> it's, pretty, it's fair. It's fair for this United team, which might be the least talented United team like in the Premier League's history. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that doesn't mean that like Arsenal don't have their flaws, right? Like, I'm not mistaken in saying that. No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, you're not not mistaken at all. But I think. We have a stronger front three, and I would say we even have a stronger midfield if you know the right players are fielded. I can't can't speak for the defense at this moment, especially if Bellerin and, and Tyranny and Holding don't play, which they may not just due to them recently coming back from injury. But I'd say in every other position, we arguably have a, a stronger player. At this moment, that that is actually, a, I think that's a fair assessment. Like, I think probably the most comparable area um, for Arsenal and United in terms of level playing fields would honestly, I think most people would say their defense, but I would say their midfields um, because I think United's midfields are very good in terms of tracking back and and running around and and actually putting in a lot of effort. Uh, they're not creative. Like Rian and I have talked about how <laughs> the, the biggest problem with United's midfield is that they lack creativity, but I think they actually do a lot of really good work off the ball. And so I'm very interested to see how players like Induzi and Ceballos kind of handle that sort of pressure. Um, because I think at some points that they will find that United will try and bully them off the ball physically. Yeah, I mean, you saw that in the Liverpool game, and I think it's almost like a shock especially for Ceballos, because he wasn't really used to teams pressing that hard. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think they've learned, especially from the Liverpool game, what it's like when you have teams uh, pressing off the ball and how to and how to respond accordingly. So hopefully they, they take the lessons they learned in that game and apply it in this one. Yeah. No, that's, that's also very true. I'm, I'm interested to see where that or what that starting midfield is like as well. Um, cause we kind of saw that, um, you know, Emery kind of changed it up formationally during the Liverpool game. Um, but you know, speaking of which the last time you were on, um, we were previewing that game and we, what we've been a couple of weeks past that now. Um, have your expectations at all for the season changed? How, I mean, like, how are you feeling now about Arsenal season so far? Oh, I mean, I'm feeling great. Uh, I mean, obviously, I go into every season, you know, thinking Arsenal is going to, you're going to win the Premier League and all that. You know, probably won't happen this year just because Liverpool's already taken off and has gone undefeated. (laughs) Uh, Jay, you are a true fan. You are a true fan to the end. (laughs) (laughs) You go into every season thinking that they can win the league? Of course. Of course. Why? Why you, get up in the morning? Why get up in the morning without that hope? <laughs> What's the point? What would be the point of, the point of, of waking day? up every day with a smile on my face if I didn't believe that? <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't be a point. <laughs> no, I don't know. This I mean, is uh, for all of our still, listeners. Still very, call. still very early in the season, so I don't know. Maybe Liverpool will drop off and, and we'll clinch the title. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, last day. Final, final yeah. minute, final minute of the season. <laughs> Injury time, perhaps? Yeah, yeah you go pull a, a, an Aguero. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? I mean, who knows? It's still so early. Uh, but No, I'm, literally everyone knows it's not going to happen. That most likely won't happen. Liverpool will probably win the league this season. But in general, like overall, I'm still like – I'm still a very positive. Arsenal finished top four. Um, and – I mean, like, I still think they're going to win the Europa League. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll pick up an F- another FA Cup or 
finally win the the elusive Carabao Cup, <laughs> soon to be the leasing.co. See, but here's the thing. like You're so casually throwing around these titles like they're like walks in the park. But like, what was the last time Arsenal won something other than, well, I guess the FA Cup, realistically? Yeah, I mean that was. I mean that was. That's yes. That's a, a while back. <laughs> a while back. Right. For sure. Right. So a it's not. Back, it's not sure. like oh, maybe we'll pick it up. Of course. Of course. No. I mean, no, nothing is set in stone. Um, I think that we have the strongest squad that we've had uh, in the past. At least, uh, I would agree. Yeah, I completely, years, completely agree. Like, completely agree. Like strongest squad by far. We've like, all the pieces are finally coming together. Like if the squad, like especially if the defensive players that come back from injury now can stay healthy throughout the rest of the season, I, I don't see reason why we shouldn't be able to win at least one of these competitions. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's perfectly perfectly fair expectations. Um, so. Just getting into the state of each of these teams before before this match. Jay, do you have any uh, any injury updates for us um, for Arsenal coming into this game? I mean, no really injury updates, but I guess I mean as as I've mentioned, like we've had players just return from injury and they featured, um, you know, in the Nottingham Forest game uh, that was played this these past several this past week. Uh, you know, Bellerin's finally back. Tyranny's finally back. Holding's finally back. Um, will they start against Man U? Not sure yet, just because they only recently got back and they've been playing for the U23s until that game. Um, but who knows? Maybe they'll come on off the bench or, or maybe Emery sees that they're fit to start. But other than that, I mean, Lacazette's out until uh, until early October. I'd, or if not, like maybe possibly a little late mid to late October, but he should be back in the next several weeks. Um, I guess that, yeah, that would be, I would say that's the biggest player that we're missing as of now. Okay. Well, with that, um, let's go into what happened last weekend with Arsenal. You guys, obviously, um, a very impressive result coming back from down, um, down a goal, what, twice? Am I right? Down a goal twice with 10 men and and also down to 10 men. Um, you know, Villa seemed to play somehow play worse after the red card, which is kind of weird. But but um, but you know uh, another standout, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> another standout performance from uh, Guendouzi, who's just in my opinion, I think he's been the most impressive Arsenal player this season. Um, I don't know what, what do you guys do, you guys, Elias and Jay. Um, it's, would it be safe to say he's been the most impressive Arsenal player? Or do you guys maybe think Aubameyang or something? Yeah, I, I completely agree. No, I think – no, especially, like, for someone his age and just coming in the squad last year, like, I mean, no, he's absolutely been the most impressive player by far, especially because he was not, like – he was he showed signs of, of, like, of brilliance, I guess, last season. But he but he's been way more consistent and just, like – and just seems way more mature this playing um in the midfield this season i don't think he absolutely i, I think he absolutely and may, like maybe a little more on the low-key side but absolutely has been the most impressive player no I've, i fully agree um in terms of expectations for players because i think Sabios has more raw talent um but in terms of what we expected out of the arsenal squad this year i think induzi has certainly been the most impressive player and i think going back to the liverpool game that we all talked about I remember, you know, pointing out after that game, I was like, there were things in Ganduzi that I saw that were really, really impressive, even though, you know, the midfield was somewhat suffocated, right? He was still able to play out, play out through pressure, um, pass out of pressure, um, you know, play through the blocks and through the lines. And, and I thought that was very impressive. And I'm really glad to see that continue because he has a really, really high ceiling as he continues to, to grow in this team. Yeah, exactly. And also just the just the passion and just willingness to keep his head up and not let what's going on in the game get to his head. Like, I think that's also one of his biggest qualities because it also it, it also just you know increases the morale of the squad during the game to not see. It may, I know he's still a younger player, so maybe they don't expect too much from him. But you know, to see a young player like that like show. 
that passion and have, you know, his maturity almost be tangible is, is, uh, has to be a huge boost for the squad, especially in games like that when you're down consistently. Yeah, I know. Agree. I, I, I personally love, I personally so, love his, his real sad boy face that he makes after, after every goal. He looks, he always looks, he always generally looks, <laughs> looks like he might cry, but, but, uh, but, but picks himself back up once play starts again. <laughs> Exactly. Classic. Exactly. No, he just lo- he, Wait, he, so. he loves he just loves the team. Yeah. Uh, well, th- then is is he a future captain for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Is is he actually is he tied to a, a long term deal right now? Like, I genuinely don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure when he came on, he signed maybe like four or five year deal. Got it. Okay, so he's he's tied down at least for a couple yeah, more seasons. Yeah, I mean, he's and then so young. Renew. He's so young. Right, right. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, I think we all kind of expect him to to shine and go forward this season, and especially in a big game like this. Um, and I'm hopeful that obviously he does start and he, he does play well. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely, I think he will start, but. That's not my yeah, decision. No, no, I agree. I believe he'll start too. <laughs> and then just just final thoughts on that on the Villa game. Uh, Jay, how tightly clenched was your butthole at, with that uh, handball at the end? How afraid were how afraid were you of that VAR coming to that? Oh boy. Yeah, I was in my office. I was in my office like doing kind of watching on my phone, like, yes. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, I, I had to step out. <laughs> right, I guess did, I you, did you guys out. see um the Spurs celebration um after I think it was, uh, was it Dumbledore's Dumbledore's goal? yeah it was it was um Dumbledore's goal that he celebrated with Aurier um the VAR celebration yeah, yeah. <laughs> I right, know, so so after yeah. uh, so Ndombele scores Jay and then um and then Ndombele and Aurier put their put their fingers up to their ears, you know, like the referee does after a goal, waiting for like uh, uh, something from the VAR ref. And uh, I just thought it, I thought the hilarious thing was that like uh, ten minutes later, Aurier got sent off like a fucking jackass. <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's a jackass move right there. Dickhead. Oh, it was it was perfect Spurs. Like the whole team was encapsulated in like those two moments that game. But we're not here to talk yeah, about they, those yeah. two teams. Um, all right, so so from there, Jay, uh, what going to going into this United game? What is I want to I want to ask all of our our biggest concerns for our soul in this game, Jay. I want to start with you. So your biggest concern, maybe positionally, tactically, anything from this game. Biggest concern, I mean, once again, is the, is going to be the defense, especially if the three players I've mentioned that just came back from injury don't play. Like, it, you know, I, I don't like saying bad things. But <laughs> <laughs> if, we have, if we have we have David Luiz clowning around again <laughs> and just doing just and just running too far forward and not tracking back fast enough. When you have like three players against soccer, the, whatever. This, that is the experience. It's the <laughs> Donald Louis experience, man. You have to get used to it. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't ask for this experience. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have a choice if you wanted someone that was available this. during the summer. This is I what don't you know. got. Mustafi's been playing great games. The, the, the game started. Stop. Two, Just two stop. clean sheets. He's actually and he's two clean sheets, and he's actually not played that at all. He's actually like. Dare I say, pretty good. You do dare. You very much dare to say that. (laughs) He was good. He was good. And I'm I'm really holding my tongue here. (laughs) But he was good. And if he does start over Louise, just because we don't have the three players, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't say no. (laughs) All right. Elias, Elias, what is your, uh, Um, what's your biggest concern for Arsenal in this game? Yeah, honestly, I mean, kind of like Jay said, like the defensive side of things is worrying. It's been worrying the entire season. David Luiz is the definition of Pennywise in uh, in a more PG-rated form. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I'm I'm very interested no, to see how he's the rated R version. 
Sure. Yeah, I guess that's better. It doesn't no, make it worse. No, I think, I think Jay's trying to say how bad it is, but he's actually kind of is the rated R version. Uh, oh, uh, that's what you said. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, no, I mean, I'm just interested to see how a midfield of like Pogba and McTominay kind of presses the Arsenal midfield and if they're able to play through the press. I think that's going to be one of the most key things because – once you get the ball to Aubameyang and, and Nicolas Pepe, I think I think they're kind of safe in taking on you know Luke Shaw and Lindelof for that matter. I think they can do that, um, and I do think that with a large majority of United's firepower being on the on the bench or well injured for that matter, um, I think that this should pretty much favor Arsenal, like almost. Well, all things considered. And so my only concern would actually be in the midfield and, and seeing if they can creatively play through it. Yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that's definitely fair. Um, defense, defense, defense is definitely the biggest worry for Arsenal, but I, I'm going a slightly different route. My biggest concern actually is Arsenal getting an early lead in this game. Now, there, uh, what? So, so I, I, I know, I know, but their numbers when they're up one goal, their expected their expected goal difference in in terms of every state of the game, the game could be in you know, tied, um, up a goal, down a goal, up or less, up or down by more than a goal. Uh, Arsenal's expected goal difference is at its worst when they're up a goal. So just just the the game management, I think is gonna is gonna be the most important thing for Arsenal um, in this game because I think they probably will go up early. In all honesty. Um, they have a superior yeah, I think attack. So yep. Keep 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 it coming. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I think <laughs> I think I think <laughs> I think they will go up early. I think I think um you know, I, I don't know if we'll get Pogba tomorrow. He's he's I think he's uh Is he doubtful. still injured? I think he's doubt I think it's like touch and go. I think it's like fifty fifty whether he plays tomorrow. Um, I mean this is I feel like if it's fifty fifty, this is one of those games he should probably play. <laughs> true, true. That's I'll say very true. He probably, he probably will. It's at Old Trafford and it's such an important part of the season for Man U considering they're currently in eleventh at eight points. Yeah, no that no, that's very that's pretty fair. So I I mean I think I think it's very likely that Arsenal scores the first goal. Um and then from there it's just how do they manage how do they manage a game? Because it, they can't they can't rely on their on on their um on their back line to to be able to manage games and and be safe in that sense. So that it's going to be a lot on. <laughs> I think, I think to, update, to update my answer, I think if we have a back four of Tierney, Mustafi, Holding, and Chambers. I, I I would not be uh, I would not be opposed to that, and I think that's. I'm sorry. Wait, you said you said you want Mustafi to be in your back. Hey, line. I told you, I told you. The last two games, he's shown that he's definitely earned at least another try in the Premier League. After got it. So so the last two games have been telling, but the last two Louis years is, have not. Hey, everyone deserves a second chance. <laughs> this is way second chance. Well, well, either either way, I, I think I somewhat agree that that's that's a. I highly doubt that Davies doesn't start tomorrow. That there's I, I think there's actually a zero percent yeah, chance I, I that Davies well. doesn't start. I doubt that as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just not even you, you for just the reasons of experience and the fact that he probably best. Um, Best implements the way that uh, Emery wants his defenders to play, so I think I think he plays. I think he'll definitely play tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I think the midfield, the midfield of, of how Arsenal might be able to manage a lead in that game is going to be very important because, like we said, uh, United has so very little creativity. They're they're mostly just athleticism in their midfield uh, and not much of anything else. Um, but just how how are Arsenal going to going to deal with? Would deal with United that, especially after going down one nothing at Old Trafford, they're gonna have to be more desperate and pretty reckless with how they attack. So that that's my my biggest concern is how Arsenal manages an early lead, pretty much. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. That's, that's yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I can't I can't necessarily disagree with that, but it I I do think that because 
their opponents are I don't want to say weak because compared to the teams that, you know, are self played this season, see Watford. Which is a weak mind. No, they're not weak minded. Oh, yeah, that they're both actually they're no, weak minded I, and, and weak in talent, in all honesty. Right, exactly. Exactly. Like I, that that's where I'm agreeing with you. I mean, the whole Watford thing you can talk about until the cows come home, but I I think that that's a fair assessment, is is my point. Um Rian, is there um Another part of the United side of things you wanted to discuss as well? Oh, yeah, of course. We got we to look back, uh, take a brief look back at their last match. They played West Ham um, last weekend. Uh, they lost 2-0. Uh, it was probably the most boring first half of the season. Um, I, I just, no, I'll, I'll get into the stats of it, but just if you, if you watched um, – if you see the match of the day, the BBC's match of the day of it, the first highlight doesn't start until uh, 38th minute of the game. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, they, they, and they and they and it's all extended highlights. They'll put any little thing that is somewhat positive <laughs> in, oh, yeah. in the game. They, they don't do anything until like the 38th minute. Uh, so, you know, just tells you how that first half was. The teams combined for an expected goal. Granted, goals of 0.27 in the first half, so all the chances were pretty horrible for the most part. So, um, yeah, and then, and then, you know, once again, we saw United, United's attack is, I mean, I guess even with Pogba, but definitely without Pogba, it is completely impotent. There's, they get absolutely nothing from especially Matic and McTominay. And then the last three games, they've tried to start Mata to, what the you know to hopefully get some creativity in there, but I mean, Mata is base is just washed, completely washed now. Um, he's, he hasn't helped whatsoever. He's, a nice guy, he's what? He's a nice guy. No, he's a wonderful man, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man, and and a Champions League winner at that. So you know he's got great he's got great um, accomplishments in his in his uh, in his uh, playing career, but. Yeah, he hasn't helped them whatsoever in his last five games, in the last three games starting. Um, just five key passes and then an expected assist of 0.24, which, you know, is that's basically like a defensive midfielder. <laughs> like a defensive midfielder could get that in those three games. So, um, you know, I, it, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. I don't know where they, where they get goals from now, and especially, um, they're not going to have, Rashford or Martial for this game, so you're looking at Mason Greenwood starting. Uh, Who's okay? To be fair, Greenwood's he's in a good run of form, but uh, this is different. This is different. Opposition. This is yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's in a good run of form in terms of his League Cup games, I guess. But like, <laughs> right, right. Like, what else is there? I just, yeah, I have no clue. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, so it just brings me to my to my question for United. Just I guess in terms of how this season has gone so far. I mean, how much for you? What do you guys think? How much do you think that they're missing Kaku, or do you think it's like there's a greater problem at hand? I mean, United's forwards have combined for mm. for three goals this season. Uh, at the, at striker, yeah. they've had three goals, and a couple of those were uh, penalties. So their their non penalty expected goals are two point two one, which is very very average. <laughs> so, uh, what, what do you guys think? That's below average. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like the. <laughs> United, like I said, the reason why I picked them to finish outside the top six is exactly this reason. They don't have a strong squad. Like you can't compete for 30 plus games with a squad of Martial, Rashford and Lingard, who two of the three are injured. And you sold off Lukaku, who was while he did have a questionable first touch and a lot of problems. He still scored a lot of goals like he scored the bulk of their goals outside of penalties. And so once they got rid of him. And yes, they brought in Harry Maguire. That, like that's a great signing. They shored up the defense, but you still have a huge problem going forward. You don't have the creativity outside of Pogba. You don't have very consistent strikers now, or wingers for that matter, in in their front line. So, like you said, where do you get the goals from? And I think the answer is they don't. I don't think they do actually get the goals from from anywhere. I mean, Mason Greenwood's been fine. Like props to him, but. Over the course of a full season, it's very difficult to compete with the top six teams if you don't have class talent over the course of the full season. So I, yeah. I, I don't have I a lot of hopes for them. Yeah, they also. I think they also need a managerial change. 
Oh, you think you think Ole Gunnar? Dude, this is the same Coast man Guard. that that drove Cardiff City into <laughs> relegation in twenty fourteen. That that is true. That is right. true. It's, it's uh, like, interesting that he's just, he's after, just not good enough. No, yeah, that's and I think a lot of people would agree with you. Like before the PSG game last year, everyone was saying like, "Oh, give him a long term contract." Yeah, no, you know, give him exactly. We talked about that too in the summer um, in our preview thing. I mean, they went, they didn't lose their first what fourteen games that he that he was the manager. Like, go on, like yeah, beginners yeah. lot, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 fourteen times, fool me fourteen times. Shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everything regresses back to the mean at some point. Oh, no, this this is true. Um, no, but Alex, I think you're making a great point in terms of in terms of um, he, the talent the the talent level of the team is horrible. But but he has not shown in his past that he's a good manager at all. Um, I mean, other than obviously the the first couple months where you know. Like we saw, like like we said, um, the, fir- the first like six weeks of Solskjaer's run is basically what got Pogba into the team of the year. He, you know, six co- six weeks of good playing, it basically. Yeah, how how that happened is still beyond me. But but I mean, how much how much time do do we really think he, that he's going to get to fix this team? Do, how I guess the real question might be how bad is it going to have to get for him to get fired mid season or. Um, I guess what what are the what are the parameters of him getting fired midseason, or do we think there's no chance for him to make it past this season as their manager? Does he get the full season and they just fire him in the summer? I'll go to you first, Ooh. Elias, and then Jay. Yeah, I I mean the the way that I look at managerial changes is always in the terms of what is the alternative. And if you look at managers that are available, and let's let's assume Mourinho is not available to them for a second, um, who do you? I mean, who do you bring on? Right there, I can only think of one other manager genuinely available at a top level. That's Kike Setien, who I don't think would want to come into a position like this. Um, and I think he wants to stay in Spain. But like, honestly, like they fire him, and who do they bring in? I, I just don't see them pulling that pulling that what what's it called and whatever the phrase is you know um rabbit out of their ass pretty much <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that's exactly what i was looking for <laughs> but if they do that they're kind of opening themselves themselves up to more wounds because the rest of their season is shot even if they have an assistant manager step into the fold yeah there's no one else that i can think of that that would want this job especially when ed woodward is just up his ass with not being able to actually make the signings that each manager wants or quite frankly needs. Yeah. I mean, I mean there might be an Argentine man um, in North London that might <laughs> enjoy having the, the luxury of uh, being able to sign players like United, <laughs> like United does. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that, I mean, yes, he does. But at the same time, I don't know if he would go to United. Like I, I, you know what I mean. Like, why would you go to a project that's clearly failing when you you really came from one that you've very very well progressed and and advanced forward and and built over the course of like six years? Like, I if I were him, I would want some sort of step up, i.e., Real Madrid. But hey, I that's none of my business. That's fair, Uh, Jay. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean. No, I agree with all of Elias's points. I, I just, I also, but I, I just don't see him lasting till the end of the season. If anything, he'll be fired. They'll bring in like a caretaker manager, and then just pick someone up over the summer. That's exactly yeah, what I can like see just happening. Just like letting the season play out and calling it a day out early, especially if Manu's not like in the top four, or even close to the top four by the by the time the new year rolls around. Yeah, I don't think anyone Which even expects. Which I can totally see that happening. Yeah. So I think that I mean, yeah, I think he's gone. He's gone before the end of the season. Absolutely, especially with like the tendency for clubs to just fire managers now after a poor run of form. I mean, if if United won and they fire Ole, you can always take Ernesto Valverde. You, I mean, feel free to come poach him. I I would not complain. Um, that's my 
open bid nice. to United if they ever need it. <laughs> All right. Who knows? Maybe they'll, maybe they'll try to get like Eddie Howe from Bournemouth. I mean, I think that would be a great hire. For that. I mean, and that would that would that would be actually, I think, a very good hire. That's someone that I actually um, initially wanted Chelsea to go after. Uh, Instead of Lampard. Yeah, yeah, just because, you know, he's had the experience. I mean, he's had the experience with Bournemouth. He brought them up. It's They've stayed in the Premier League every season. They generally, they finish around mid-table. Um, I think they finished eighth last year. It was their highest finish ever. I mean, they, they play really nice yeah. football. And it would be a, it would be a massive step up for him, and 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 it's someone that can actually lead your club forward, and and he's so young, like it, that would be that would be it, that would create an actual in the same sense that Lampard coming to Chelsea because he's an old player and he's very young, a young manager and all that stuff and playing youth players and whatnot brought a feel good fa- factor to Chelsea. I think Eddie Howe would do the exact same for United, and and would probably you know there'd be a little less pressure on him too. So. Probably, probably. I don't disagree with that either. Potentially, um, but, but yeah, well, with the way United's like board works and like you know Woodward being a, a shithead, right? It might take Al's legacy if if he doesn't get you know the transfers he needs or things like that, and they start performing poorly just because of the the structure, the uh, poor structural integrity of like the entire management organization, the entire like Man U organization. Yeah. And that, sure. and that brings us to like another another thing, another I mean the, probably a greater problem than even the players on the field or the manager I think at United is you know their organizational structure at the top like like Jay was saying they're a classic shareholder versus stakeholder dilemma here for Man United who you know recently just. You know, and I think they had their quarter, their uh, quarterly earnings call like a couple, like last week or something like that, and they reported record earnings. You know, <laughs> and you know their shareholders are probably very, very happy. But then you have the stakeholders who are the fans and you know the players on the field, the people who are actually <laughs> dealing with the failures of of the club, who are pretty much put to the side by Ed Woodward, who you know naturally is not really a soccer guy he went to jp morgan he he helped he helped united he helped united go public uh, and that's pretty much why he got the job and has been given all the all the other responsibilities which is i i think that's at the heart of the problem with this club that fact that they're caring seems like they care more about their shareholders especially the glazers i don't think the glazers give a shit about <laughs> whether the club does well on the field because they're making so much fucking money from this team so I, I, I yeah, don't know. they don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what you guys think on on that and that particular thing. I I fully agree. I mean, I think Jay kind of said it as well just now, but like, I don't think that they genuinely care about the footballing aspects of things um, to the to the detriment of the club. Um, but I think that they know that the fans are very loyal, and there's a very low chance that at the end of the day, people people lose faith in. The, the brand that is United now. And I, I mean, in that sense, I think Woodward and the um, <laughs> shareholders have done a pretty good job <laughs> of growing. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, a football team is, you know, it, it is a business like in this, in this world, like it, it, at the, it is, you have to be able to make money. And so I guess what they do with Man United is impressive that they're able to, you know, record and announce, you know, record earnings, you know, every, every quarter and whatever. And you can see how, you know, that's an issue, especially with teams that are, you know, shutting down. You have Bolton, um, you know, Bolton out. You had the other. Um, Burry. Yeah. I'm Burry. I'm, uh, Burry. Yeah. You know, you, you have like liquidity and, you know, money making issues with those teams. And you can see that now it's, it's going to, I think it's going to be a real issue in the next, like, you know, next several years when it comes to like these lower league teams that are just losing money every day and, and, and do not have and, and report losses every year because they can't, they have to find that balance between, you know, spending enough money to make it to the, to the premier league, but also spending, but also not spending the money. So you can have, so you have resources to actually, you know, pay the players you're by, uh, maintain your stadium, uh, pay you know the appropriate taxes and fees associated with being involved in the club uh, and being involved in the league. Um, so, 
on one hand, like I guess I can see why Man United is is run the way it is, um, because you know they have to make money at the end of the day to, you know, have a sustainable team. Yeah, no, I, I and they agree. don't you know, take into they don't take into effect that. I don't know. It's it's really hard to find the balance between making. Sorry, I kind of ran a rant there, which didn't really end in anything. <laughs> but you have to really. It's hard to find that balance when it comes to sports teams between making actually making money and then making decisions um, for you know the love of the team and the love of the game. Yeah. I guess is the yeah. No, I mean, no, no reason to apologize. It's very hard to find that balance. No, no reason to apologize. There, you can see that. You can see that with like Gazit, like you know, when Arsenal had Gazitas, and you know, that entire you know structure. We were, yes, we didn't buy, you know, the players that we wanted to. You know, we didn't spend the money that we needed to, but we didn't go in a loss after building our mat, like the mat, big new stadium. Um, you know, we still we maintained a steady profit, um, and I think that's a part of the reason why we are where we are today and able to spend the money that we are. Um, and it, that's the reason why Milan, I think, took Gazidis originally because, you know, once again, because for the, for the example here, like Gazidis is not someone that, you know, is going to win you titles. It's going to bring the players that you need to uh, put the club to the next level in terms of, um, you know, finishing and, and getting trophies for the fans. But he is someone that will help them turn around their club and actually generate a profit and actually start making money instead of losing, you know, millions every year. Um, so I don't know, at the end of the day, is you have to find that balance, which, yeah, which I guess Man United really hasn't because they just kind of make a, f- a fuck ton of money and spend it on random players <laughs> that I guess they don't necessarily need. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I totally, totally agree. I, I think, I mean, the crazy thing about United is like, I, I, at least you said that that people might lose faith in the brand, but I, I completely disagree. I think they are the big. They actually are the biggest club in the world. They're they're the biggest club worldwide. They will print money almost no matter what because they have fans in every corner of the world. Um, so they'll never have to worry about. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll ever really be in um, danger of 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 uh, posting losses because you know one they they don't have to build another stadium ever. <laughs> like they their their stadium's already massive, seventy five thousand people, and and you have the Manchester United brand and and you know as a and also just add in that they're a public company as well too. So you know I, they're they're an interesting interesting it, it's. Very, it's still just very odd to me that they haven't just hired a director of football. I, I still, I don't understand that part of it I, because you have the money at least to hire someone that can, I don't know, make the not make the signings themselves. Maybe still allow Woodward to have final say on on um, signings or whatnot on, on whether you actually execute signings, but to have someone who actually is looking for the players to fit a manager system or, or just the team in general. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't believe that a, a club that has that much money um, has not modernized itself. No. I mean, I, I agree. I just, I do think their brand is very, very strong and I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon, but I think it's certainly concerning that they haven't hired someone with a footballing brain. Right. Ed Woodward is obviously not that person. And he's a huge reason why they're in the place that they are. And I'm very surprised that the board hasn't taken any measures to at least counteract that. Maybe not let him go even, but like at least recognize that this is a problem, you know, Um, maybe it's not a priority for them. And making money is obviously their number one priority and they can find other avenues to do that. But it's hurting the fans and and that's a at least i think it's a huge problem for them and it, and it should be concerned for them as well but maybe not yeah and then you know but well we still got the rest of the season i i i somewhat agree with jay in terms of uh ola gunner i i think i think he's basically got until the new year um they'll see where the close at you know if i think if they're around six he probably gets the rest of the season um but 
you know, if, if they're way off, if they're way off of the top six and top four, I, I think he gets. If they stay in the same spot. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. If they're mid table at that time, I, I can't see how he's still um, with the club. Uh, but with that, um, I think we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to give our predictions for the game tomorrow. Right, we are back from the break, and we're going to wrap up the pods today talking about some lineup predictions and match predictions for this upcoming game between United and Arsenal. So, Che, I'll start with you. Um, obviously, a big game for Arsenal. Um, United are kind of ravaged. Arsenal are, are doing okay in the league. What's your prediction for tomorrow? Yeah, I can see it'd be like 2-1, I would say, 2-1 or 3-2. Just because we so are at Old Trafford, I think we'll yeah, win by one was, goal. We, we are playing away. Like Old Trafford's like a pretty, pretty difficult stadium to play at away. Um, yeah, and depending on who starts on defense, I can see us giving up a goal or two. So, so you're I, saying I still think that? We'll um, obviously. Well, I mean, you said you said that United might score a goal or two. So you do think that United have enough attacking power to? put one or two past past Arsenal this weekend? Yes, I think they have the capability to put one or two past us. And I think one of if they score two goals, one will be a penalty. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm sure it will be caused by Dem Luiz without being said. If I'm, he I'm starts sure. not naming names, but he would be a likely candidate to cause a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> would would be one of two, at yeah. least a fifty percent chance. <laughs> hey, yeah. Jay, what what are your what are your thoughts in terms of um, the midfield? What who do you think is starting in the midfield tomorrow? Do you think they just took along with the same three of uh, Jaka and um, Ceballos and uh, and Ginduzi, or do you, do you think somehow Torreira gets in this game or anyone else? Perhaps. I think so. I mean, Emery places an incredibly amount of trust, like incredible amount of trust on Jaka. I think he's definitely going to be starting in this game, even though I'd probably rather see Torreira start in this position. Um, and yeah, it's going to be Ceballos, Ganduzi. I don't see anyone else uh, really breaking into the midfield there, especially for a big game like this. Um, I think we're going to. I think we might see Saka start in the front, in the top, alongside Aubameyang and Pepe, because um, he's just been incredibly impressive uh, when he's when he's been given a chance in these past several weeks. And I think he's definitely earned his spot uh, in this lineup with Lacazette out. Oh. Well, my question then would be, can you, or can he really play that position? Well, like I, I I'm, I'm trying to think of a time that I've seen him play in the, the Lacazette type position. Well, we're going to have a bombing start up top. And we'll have Lock, we'll have we'll have Saka on the on on probably the left wing. Got so it. he won't okay. he, he won't he won't be playing like what Lacazette would usually play when he starts. That he's not he's not a Lacazette replacement. Right, right. That was going to be my question. Like he's not he's not coming in to play the same role. Exactly. Um, no, not at, all. not at all. Right. But got I it, think he's it. definitely okay. earned his right to start in this game up top, even though he's only like eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. he only just turned 18. Yeah. Well, so, in that case, um, Rian, your your match predictions, your your score predictions for, for this game. Uh, I'm going to – so my interesting thing with this is um, I think Arsenal batter them tomorrow, honestly. Um, I want to say 2-0, but I'm going to say 3-1. The one thing that scares me is just – uh, with Mason Greenwood starting tomorrow, you know, we saw Rashford's first ever start come against Arsenal, I think, four four years ago, right? Four years ago. Yeah, four um, years. Yeah. And he got he uh he scored two and they won that game. And that, that was a pretty bad United team um that year. But um I guess we'll we shall see. I, I think I think I think uh Arsenal wins this three one though. I, I think there's too much attacking, um, attacking prowess there for United to deal with, especially in the midfield. I, I, I don't think they'll be able to to 
stop Arsenal in the midfield whatsoever. So I, I think they end up getting scoring three goals, and uh, and I just can't bring myself to um, thinking that Arsenal will keep a clean sheet against a against even a decent team, I guess, for right now. So so <laughs> yeah, I, but I'm going to give them the three points overall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with you know you going with a three one. Jay going with some sort of two one three two. I'm also going to agree with with you, Rian. In this case, I do think the final score is three one in favor of Arsenal. Um, I don't know if I agree so much on the midfield aspect. I think that early on, especially Arsenal, might struggle in the midfield, but I do think their quality will shine. I think up front, Arsenal are by far the better team, and that's where the quality will come from as well in terms of goals uh, goals scored and chances created. And then, you know, we kind of talked about this. As on one of our earlier podcasts that if if you're the player or you're the team with the ball the most not necessarily just like wasting possession and passing it around but if you dominate the game like arsenal could tomorrow then you're also preventing like, the other like team from having tomorrow. the ball uh, all right that <laughs> just relax um but yeah so you prevent united from having the ball which reduces the number of defensive mistakes that are possible on um on the other end. So yeah, yeah I do think one, that when one a, plus one equals two. Sure. Yeah. When one plus one equals two, then you get three now, but um, yeah. So I think all of us are, are going with an Arsenal win here. I think this is not very straightforward, but I think this is very clear cut in terms of who the more dominant team in the last couple of weeks has been. And I think we're all expecting Arsenal to, to play this one out as well. So with that, we're going to wrap things up here. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Rian and I actually have a quick podcast update. Um, Rian, did you want to mention our new update? Um, oh, yes, of course. We were on Twitter. We're, we're on Twitter now. I totally knew what you were talking about the entire time. <laughs> uh, yes, we're on Twitter now um, at the overlap underscore pod. Um, so, you know, if, if you have not followed us yet, um, definitely give us a follow there. I think, I think we're putting up some decent content so far and we'll try to keep continuing with that. And, um, we'll likely have a Facebook page up for, um, our, our uh, listeners who are so predominantly on Facebook not, not being ageist here, obviously, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, so we're trying to get more, um, more populated on the uh, social media and stuff and try to reach out more and uh hopefully you guys are liking what you're hearing and if you and hopefully yeah. you'll like what we're tweeting as well too yeah so go ahead follow us at the overlap underscore pod and as always subscribe on a spotify apple podcast and soundcloud so with that thank you jay for joining <clears throat> us on the pod today this is yep. real glad to be here I- signing off. All right. Thanks everyone. Have a good one. See you guys. Peace guys.